This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. In 2021, American Media proudly presents to the Philadelphia region and beyond Voices of Faith, the radio show. In recognition of those among us, supporters in life, and the many providers of inspiration we encounter all year long, American Media is your destination and resource for the editorial content of Thinking Catholics. Here's Chief Operating Officer of American Media, Trog Keller. In a world that is incredibly divided, right, whether politically or even within our own church, to provide a place where different points of you can come and talk in a civilized tone and people can see different points of view and discern for themselves the direction you know that they want to take or or just to make themselves feel closer to god through through just just good honest dialogue join trog along with millions of supporters who are part of the america media family and help others you may or may not know do the unexpected america media find your inspiration at americamagazine.org americamagazine.org High school students are used to waiting. They wait for the results of their PSAT and SAT tests, wait for what they hope will be acceptance letters from the colleges they are interested in, wait to hear whether the objects of their interest will find their promposal clever and accepted. They wait in line to purchase tickets for the big game and to get their food each day at lunch. On social media, they wait to garner hearts for their posts and for their follow and friend requests to be accepted. But never have they waited as they have these past 13 months. At first, there was a little excitement as they waited for their schools to close and for their teachers to prepare for online instruction. But that didn't last. After a while, they waited for it all to end, for things to get back to normal, for in-person classes to resume, at least in a hybrid format and for the sports and activities they loved to reopen, even if fans couldn't cheer them on in the customary number. The spirituality of Holy Saturday is a spirituality of waiting. After the sublime sacramental mystery of Holy Thursday and the agony of Good Friday, but before the transformative joy of Easter Sunday, we simply wait. This is Brother James Butler, president of LaSalle College High School. As anyone who has raised children through the teenage years knows, waiting is not what they do best in life. But they've been waiting now, for 8 to 10% of their lives, for normalcy to resume. Many schools can help students to cope with waiting. It is for the Catholic school to teach them that waiting can be a sacred experience, a sharing in Paschal mystery. In LaSallean schools, Such waiting occurs in the context of the Founder's instruction in his 1705 rule, not to look upon anything but with the eyes of faith, not to do anything but in view of God, and to attribute all to God. May God bless all of you when Holy Saturday ushers in Easter Sunday, as the joy we have waited so long for returns. Jacob Media Partners invites you to spend an hour of your day celebrating your faith. We acquire a fundamental right that can never be taken away from us. The right to hope. In collaboration with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley, including LaSalle University, First Trust Bank, and todayisagoodday.org. Learn from your leaders. Be inspired by your neighbors and find the power of grace in your life when you need it most. 
The spiritual Voices of Faith begins right now. And a very special welcome this weekend to Voices of Faith as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Jimmy Brown, this is one great show that I may just sit back and get out the popcorn. We've got a great lineup for this very, very special weekend. It's amazing, Joe. You know, I think that there's no argument that Easter, our Easter season, is the pinnacle of our faith journey. And um, boy, oh boy, we hit the cover off the ball with uh, special guests and um, and just words of wisdom from the Archbishop this uh, particular this particular show. Give the audience a little bit of a taste of your conversation, your sit-down. Of course, every month you get an opportunity to go one-on-one with Archbishop Nelson Perez. Give the audience a little tease, if you will, about what's coming up in that conversation. Well, the joy of Christmas, you know, the, or Christmas, the joy of Easter, let's say. Uh, you know, Joe, there is, no, uh, there is no resurrection without Good Friday. And I think oftentimes we, we want to avoid the, the, um, the reality of, of Good Friday. And the fact of the matter is, many of us through the course of our journey um, experience Good Friday fairly often through the course of our 12 months in the year. And what's especially wonderful is the way the Archbishop kind of simplifies that material and brings some sunshine. You'll hear a lot of voices in this edition of Voices of Faith. Dan Selecki, of course, will be along with his uh, inspirational message. And Brother James from LaSalle High School, you heard him kick us off uh, leading into the start of Voices of Faith. He's been been spectacular so far. It's funny, Joe. I think one of the best-kept secrets in America is the concept of the Christian brothers and the work they do day to day. We all know about the Catholic priest and you know, all of, or many of us rather, have been exposed to the good sisters raising us through the, the great school years. But those Christian brothers, wow. Talk about service and big hearts. Jimmy Brown, I've got a special for you in this show, a special surprise uh, for you and our very uh, special guest. Uh, throughout the show, I'm taking us to the western part of the state of Pennsylvania, where leaders from two dozen Pittsburgh churches came together to sing and serenade the Easter anthem. So enjoy that as the show rolls on. This is Voices of Faith on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Thanks for listening to our 2021 Message of Hope on Voices of Faith, presented in part by Givnish Funeral Homes, LaSalle University, First Trust Bank, 6ABC, and our good friends, Angelo Valletta and Eustace Mita. Then I got the phone call, um, that it was cancer, and I and I sort of knew it. I was having the conversation with myself, driving home after one of the tests, you know, having a conversation with God because I I was blessed with a ton of hair, and I said, Wow, wouldn't that be a kick in the pants? You blessed me with all this hair. What if I, you know, what if I lose it in whatever chemo I'm going to have? I'm back here on Voices of Faith here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, a special. Easter weekend with a very, very special guest. Well, Joe, it's funny. Uh, each month, it appears things keep getting better and better for us. And uh, as we sit down um, uh, right now and have our one-on-one with uh, Tracy Davidson from MB- Fame of NBC News, um, we are beyond excited. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here, really. Yeah, it's... Um, it's kind of interesting how our show, Voices of Faith, have evolved and the different um, messages that we've received over time. But I kind of want to start our conversation with you talking a little, about, a little bit about the concept of resilience, please. I mean, you're in a tough business. 
uh, you've battled various health issues, um, you've had your challenges uh, being raised and so forth and so on, a very responsible young woman in the, in the home, let's say. Uh, talk a little bit about the concept of resilience and your faith and how that all uh, uh, connects. Yeah, well, I study resilience because I believe in all of the science that shows that resilience are a number of skills that can be assessed and can be developed. And I, and I study this and I also share this and, and talk about it with audiences. And what it is, is it sort of lays out how you think and how you're aware of how you think, right? If I am predisposed to thinking that everybody's out to get me, then I'm going to see something through a different lens. If I see things with, with optimism and with hope, but with very clear lenses, then I'm going to respond differently. And so we can all stop ourselves at any point and think about how we're thinking. And so that's a lot about what resilience is. And then I add my faith to it because those are all, my lens are the questions that I start to ask, right? As soon as something happens, well, before we started, you said, you know, you're facing it every day, all of the tough stories in the news, everything, you know, poverty and violence and hate and racism and, and social injustice. And, and yes, I face it, but I can face it with my faith because I can say there's hope. I can say there's good. When a tragedy happens, my first thought, and this goes back to how you view the world, my first thought is, back to Mr. Rogers, where are the helpers? Or where was God? Not in a, I don't believe he was there, and oh my gosh, how did this happen? And where was he? And what was he doing? But I know he was there. I know he was there. Where was he? Yeah, it's funny when I, you know, we, you know, just this week we experienced the, the awful um, shootings in Colorado, and my first thought was, um, uh, the first responder, the police officer that just dove in, and I read a little blurb from his sister saying, there's no doubt in my mind that my brother rushed into that building knowing there were children in that building and talk yeah. about resilience and faith. Yes. Yeah, this man had it for sure. Um, it's interesting too to, 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 to note that um, um, you've had many influences in your life and of course you've had success in the broadcast business. Um, tell the listening audience a little bit about not just your degree from Temple and communications and so forth, but the graduate work that you've done in, in terms of spirituality and where that's taken you, please. Well, I was brought up Catholic, but I now that I've learned so much more about the Catholic faith, I would almost say Catholic light. I didn't go to Catholic school. And in my 20s, I think I maybe fell away from the church and came back, as we do. And I just had to look back before this to see when I started, probably in 2001 or 2002, I started to, I think, listen more closely you know, we always say that we need to be in constant conversation, constant prayer, but most of the time we do the talking, and I think that I always have to work on doing listening as well. And so I really began to hear sort of a call to be able to talk to people about God's love, because I can see God's love all over my life from the time I was little until that present moment. And I thought, I really want to be able to talk to people about God's love, but who would listen to the to the girl on TV. Right. And so I thought, well, then I need to go back and get a degree in spirituality, in theology, in something like that, so that then I have some credibility. Right. Well, that was a crazy thought. I had a really busy job. I had a lot of work that I was doing in the community. 
And oh, to get a higher degree, I had to go back and finish my undergrad in journalism that I never finished because I got a job early in the business when I was 21. So finally, I went to a person who I knew at Temple and I said, can you help me finish my undergrad degree? I humbled myself in huge lecture halls with kids with sweats in, looking at why the old lady was there. And then, <laughs> and then I finished there, and I called a priest friend of mine, and I said, okay, now I'm ready. I mean, I, I'm continuing to hear this call. And he said, well, why don't you go to the seminary? And I said, really? Are you kidding? What are you, throwing me into the fire? <laughs> I love it. And I was so afraid. But I, I went and I saw Dr. Chap, and she said, I'm, I'm happy to let you into our, our graduate program, but you don't have any undergrad in, in anything, theology or religion. or So why don't you take the religious studies course? I'm telling you, as, as nervous as I was, I remember feeling that peace when I drove onto the grounds of the seminary. Now, I threw some of the seminarians for a loop because I would show up there after my five o'clock news. So here's the TV girl with makeup and clip-clop, clip-clock, clip-clock down the halls of this beautiful seminary. But after a while, they got used to me and what I was doing there, and I asked to join their study groups, and they, they learned how sincere I was about trying to learn. Well, it's funny, too, because I think that's one of the dynamics that you bring to almost every situation I've ever seen you in, the concept of being humble, and learning. Um, take us a little bit into that, that study, being at St. Charles Seminary. And I, I know you were joking about the, you know, Catholic light comment. However, you know, I don't feel like there's anybody that I know that's more Catholic than you, meaning oh. you're into it with both feet, and I love it. I really, I really am. And, and I, I think that I brought, I'm, I'm hoping that I brought some different perspective into the classroom and into the study groups. And it really opened my eyes to so much. And then when I finished that, I decided that I wanted to continue on, and then I got a completely different experience and an enriching experience at Chestnut Hill College. And I got my master's in holistic spirituality, which was beautiful, and I learned about so many different traditions. And, and learning about prayer in all the different traditions is how I started to be, study focus. Well, it's funny because think about what you brought to those seminarians. In other words, you know, how many seminarians, how many young men are going to be sitting next to someone who's doing the work you're doing every day? I mean, how many Emmy Awards have you won? I think it's in the 16, is it? How many have you got? I don't think so. I think, I think it's 11. But if you want to say 16, Jimmy, you can say that. <laughs> well, listen, I'm doing media math, so we always kind of bump things We're up. We're not just... good at that at all. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I was a, a B student from Penn State, so we won't, we won't talk about that. Hey, just to shift gears a little bit, can you yeah. talk a little bit about a vision that you have regarding a podcast and grit from the ground up? Can you just share a little bit of thoughts around that? Just something you want to have in your life at some point? Yeah, it's just something that sort of, it's, it gets in there. I, and again, I think this has to do with opening your eyes, right? Listening and opening your eyes. We spend so much time talking. We, we forget that if we stop for a second and take it in. And all of these people's stories started to come into my life. And they were people who faced unbelievable challenges, over the course of their life, or they started in a place that if you saw it, you would think, the odds are stacked against you. Yeah. How, how are you going to get through? And these people started telling me their stories. And I just thought how valuable that would be. And this was, when I started to have this idea, this was before the, uh, it was before COVID. 
but I thought how valuable it was because for other people to hear. Because I remember talking to somebody from the United Way a few years ago, and I said, what do people need right now? I mean, I cover food insecurity and, and, and poverty and homelessness. What do people, re- what, what do people need? And they, one word, hope. Hmm. And I thought if they can hear other people talk about overcoming and give them hope that whatever the challenges that they're facing, they, they can overcome it too. No doubt. It's funny because when we meet with um, the archbishop each month, you know, his overriding message is faith and hope. And one of my favorite quotes of all time is the Jesus quote, faith, hope, and love. Mm. Um, but, but, but the concept of hope is so amazing to me because you can take the most dire situation, mm. one that you might face, you know, tomorrow or the next day, and if hope is alive and well, things are good. Um, I'm going to transfer subject matters just one more time for you. Talk a little bit about your family of origin, please, because I think oftentimes people don't talk about where we've come from. We're just the, the, the successful person on a broadcast station, or we're a superstar athlete, or we're a really phenomenal attorney. Talk a little bit about that family of origin, because I think it'll touch some lives this afternoon. Yeah, well, when I, when, I, when I graduated with my degree and I told one of my classmates, she said, why do you want to do this? And I said, to talk to people about God's love. And she said, no, 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 but why do you want to talk to people about God's love? I said, because there's no other explanation besides God's love, beside God's love, for the fact that, that I, my brother, and my sister both lead, are all, all three of us lead productive, happy lives. Because we grew up with a lot of challenges in our home. We had substance abuse, and it was really a struggle. And the, the fact that we are all healthy adults with families is all about God's love. And so when I do speaking engagements at women's groups and I talk a little bit more about that, women just immediately say, I know, I know. To which I say, you know, that part of the story has already been written, but you get to write the next part of the story. Right. You get to choose your thoughts. You get to choose how the lens through which you see the world. And that's where the hope can come in. And that's where the faith can come in, that it can get better. Yeah. And being the, the oldest child in the family, like, I mean, I'm just going to guess, that presents a little bit of an extra burden. I think you told me that... Um, you know, your, your, your daughter's, or your daughter, your sister is nine years younger than you. Wow. You probably had a lot of responsibility as a grade school, high school kid. Is that accurate? <laughs> it is. It is accurate. And one of the best gifts I ever received was from my sister on my 40th birthday. And she gave me three pictures of herself through various times in her life. And she said, if you ever think that you've never accomplished anything or you haven't been successful in your life, I want you to look at these pictures and know that you have made me the woman I am. Wow. There you go. Boom. (laughs) God, God, God did that. Exactly. Well, we're going to take a break here, take a deep breath and uh, come back and dig in just a little bit further. Thank you. More with our special guest, Tracy Davidson, sitting down uh, with Jim Brown. This is Voices of Faith on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. 
In 2021, America Media proudly presents to the Philadelphia region and beyond Voices of Faith, the radio show. In recognition of those among us, supporters in life, and the many providers of inspiration we encounter all year long, American Media is your destination and resource for the editorial content of Thinking Catholics. Here's Chief Operating Officer of American Media, Trog Keller. In a world that is incredibly divided, right, whether politically or even within our own church, to provide a place where different points of view can come and talk in a civilized tone, and people can see different points of view and discern for themselves the direction, you know, that they want to take or, or just to make themselves feel closer to God through, through just, just good, honest dialogue. Join TROG along with millions of supporters who are part of the America Media family and help others you may or may not know do the unexpected. America Media. Find your inspiration at americamagazine.org. americamagazine.org. The Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia is your go-to resource for Catholic philanthropy, an independent nonprofit working to grow philanthropy according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Their foundation is grounded in the principles of faith and service. CFGP meets the diverse needs of donors and Catholic institutions alike by providing a full range of expert fund management, fundraising, and development services that help secure bright futures for the Catholic ministries you care about. Steward your philanthropy as you intend, or raise the funds needed to help your ministry grow and thrive. Both services work together to secure a future for faith, and that future starts with you. The Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia will help you fulfill your charitable purpose, because at the heart of charity is love. Learn more about how the Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia can guide you. Visit thecfgp.org or call 215-587-5650. There's never been a bigger need for Philly Food Rescue. Their mission is to eliminate hunger in our community through a technology-based volunteer network. They rescue surplus food from partners like grocery stores and restaurants and deliver it to people in need. The Philly Food Rescue app makes it easy for everyday food rescue heroes to pick up food and deliver it to nonprofits, schools, and more. Each month, thousands of pounds of unused food are rescued and given to the hungry. Learn more at phillyfoodrescue.org. Voices of Faith celebrate a real bright spot in our archdiocese, Mother of Mercy House in Kensington. Inspired by Pope Francis's call to take the church to the frontiers and to move beyond our comfort zones, the ministry began with a simple desire to be the presence of Christ and His Church. Many families they serve live in deep poverty. The homeless and addicted are at their doorstep. Father Liam Murphy and team work daily to meet people where they are in their lives. They feed the hungry, talk and pray with those who seek comfort, and celebrate Mass as a community. They share the love and mercy of God with all. In 2021, Mercy Children's Academy, a highly specialized family-centric pre-K program, will launch to serve the most vulnerable children in their neighborhood. They welcome your prayers and support in this effort. In a world full of noise, one beautiful thing remains constant. God's love. It's powerful and lives at Mother of Mercy House. To learn more, volunteer, or make a donation, please visit them online at motherofmercyhouse.org. That's motherofmercyhouse.org. And welcome back, everyone, to Voices of Faith here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Jimmy Brown sitting down with Tracy Davidson, our special guest still to come. Dan Selecki will be along with his inspirational words. And then later on in the broadcast, Jimmy Brown goes one-on-one with Archbishop Nelson Perez. Jimmy, back to you, sir. Well, thank you, Joe. Um, We're just going to jump back into our 
conversation with uh, Tracy Davidson. I want to thank you for your uh, for your transparency in our conversation. Hey, before we jump into anything really heavy, you've won a handful of awards: the Outstanding Community Outreach Program, uh, Best Anchor, the Lou Klein Award. Uh, is there any one that really jumps out at you uh, where you would say, "Wow, that was one heck of a moment"? I think the United Way won because it's I'm here to serve, and that sort of acknowledged service. I love journalism. It's my passion. It's what I do. But at the end of the day, I'm here to serve. Journalism helps me to serve by giving people information that they need to make better decisions for their lives. But the United Way Award acknowledged service and especially service and guidance and mentoring to young women. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, last month, um, uh, Joe and I were fortunate enough to meet um, uh, Sister Anne Marie at the um, uh, Redeemer Village and the service that she provides. And it's fascinating because she talked about that as a highlight, the whole concept of just serving others mm. keeps you alive and well and youthful. Um, talk a little bit about the storytelling aspect of the work you do, not just with uh, the news product, but the... Um, the personal connections you make with the United Way, with uh, community outreach, um, uh, maybe your, your time with Phil Abundance, things that you've done, not on the side, but things that you've done to serve. Well, with Phil Abundance, I was happy to give them a voice and help them to really amplify all of the, the, the faces of hunger are far different than what they were 20 years ago. No doubt. And I would do speaking engagements 20 years ago 10 years ago, and I would talk about people who were hungry, and people would say to me, you mean the homeless people? And I say, well, there are homeless people who are hungry, but let me tell you who I'm talking about. I'm talking about your neighbors. I'm talking about people who you go to church or synagogue with. I'm talking about maybe people who work with you, because these are people who are working one or two jobs, and at the end of the week, They've gone two days without eating so their kids can eat, and they still put their child to bed, and the child still looks up and says, Mom, I'm still hungry. Mm. Yeah. So, so when we talk about food insecurity, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are doing their very best to put food on the table, but it just runs out. They, right. just, can't, they, they just can't stretch it. And so we really worked on trying to amplify that message so that people understood giving to fill abundance is, yes, is it giving to, to people who are homeless, who are hungry? Yes. It's, what it is, is it's giving to your neighbors. There's hunger in every zip code across the Delaware Valley, and that's what we need to address. Well, it's funny. You and I spoke on the phone, I don't know, a week or two ago, and we were joking, and I, I asked you uh, about your writing, and you said, oh, Jimmy, one of these days I'm going to write a book. Tell the, the audience <laughs> about your, your, um, the title of your book, because I think it speaks to what you just said. You know, the book title is You Have no <laughs> You Have No Idea. Yeah, exactly. You have no idea. And it's it's for everybody, Tracy. I yeah. mean someone would probably drive by you you know, at the shopping mall and say, Wow, there's a fortunate one. Whereas if they really dig in as we have today, you face some adversity and you've learned resilience. But but dig in a little bit, you have no idea who's hungry. Is, is, is it the guy next to you, is, or is it just the, the homeless person? And I think we can take that to various conversations. Oh, I do too. I think there are a lot of people out there that are living lives that you have no idea about. And so somebody, you know, I've done, because of my breast cancer, I've done work in, in that space as well. 
you don't know if somebody right now, the next day, your coworker or the, or the woman you walk with in the morning, you don't know if she's freaking out a little bit because she got a test back that says, I have to go back. You don't know what's happening in someone's life. And when you see it, especially this is, this is why I'm thinking about this book, if you, had no, if you, have, you have no idea, because when you see somebody all polished up, at work or on TV, or you back to you talking about a sports figure, you think, oh, well, their life must be perfect. Hmm. Well, no one's life is perfect, and nobody ever promised us it was going to be perfect. But for me, my faith says that Jesus is there with me through in the flames, right? So I'm going to be just fine. But I think that we need to be careful about seeing people and assuming where they came from or assuming what their life is like. Because really, when at the end of the day, we all have stuff, and that's okay. And the best we can do is share our stuff so that people realize that they're not alone. Amen. And isn't it interesting, too, that the listening audience wouldn't know this, but I'm going to reveal this because I think it's powerful. Think about how you and I have connected. I mean, we've known each other through our broadcast journey, but I think when we got really intimate was um, your relationship with Kristen and, mm-hmm. and her little boy and, and some of those struggles. Um, and I'm sure that Kristen would not mind us, you know, talking about the fact that they're in the fight of their lives. And yet when I see her, boy, she looks as happy as a clam, doesn't she? She is a light and she talks about miracles and she sees blessings. And, and again, that's, you know, as you know, my father passed a couple of days ago and I just did something on my Facebook page that talked about You know, you can stay in the sadness, and I'm not saying you shouldn't feel. And Kristen could stay in the sadness, and I'm not saying she shouldn't feel. And you can look at the blessings. And you can choose to see the blessings, because they're always there. You just have to look harder sometimes to find them. And Kristen has managed to just, I mean, her faith has just exploded. It's just blossomed in every direction. And she... And she holds on to the hope, and she sees the light, and she sees the blessings. And, you know, she'll talk about how I took her to some w- women faithful concert. I even forget what it was. And, uh, and I looked at her as somebody who had way more faith than I did. And I said, well, why don't you come with me? I'm getting a bunch of women together. We're going to go see um, Dare to Be. And, and later, months later, she said, you have no idea that at that point in my life, I really needed a boost in my spirituality. And the fascinating thing for those who wouldn't know, obviously, in our, in our listening audience, uh, Kristen's a dear friend of ours who uh, has a son, just celebrated his uh, fifth birthday, yeah. and he's battling cancer, fight of his life. And um, wow, I, I'd put him up against uh, Muhammad Ali in Muhammad Ali's prime. So yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, she's in that fire, and yet, um, boy, oh boy, um, the way she walks her walk is just uh, inspiring, and she appreciates every moment. Every moment, and she, I know that she feels buoyed every moment by by God's loving arms that are around her in every way, shape, and form. And the cool thing about it is she's real. She's not one of these people that's kind of pretending everything's okay or any of that business. Um, she goes back to your word, resilience, and how she mm-hmm. interprets the adversity she face, uh, faces. Is she alone? She doesn't think so. And it's fascinating to me because the impact that, 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 her, yeah, that she and her husband have had not only on their little unit, their little family unit, but the extended family of the community. Um, 
and you've been around those kinds of situations often. When you battled your breast cancer issue, um, talk a little bit about the impact that, that, that others had on you and that you had on others in conjunction with that faith of yours. Well, almost immediately, you know, again, it's how you see the world. And so, of course, did I have an, <gasps> but then I said, wait, let, how am I going to view this? Wait, I live in the United States where we have top medical care. I don't live in a third world country, right? I mean, there's the birth lottery. I could have been born somewhere that doesn't have the kind of care we have here, right? I have that. I have a job that provides me with insurance to be able to pay for this great care. I have friends and family. I have the ability to feed myself nutritious food and do exercise. And, and I have my faith. And so once I took stock of all the things I had, I thought, I can do this. And my friends were all part of that. I mean, the tribe just sort of circled around and, and said, what do you need? And, and it was really beautiful. And, and, and they were quick to say, we know how you are. So for radiation, we're taking you. No, I can drive myself. No, no, no. If you want to stay working through this, then we're going to take you so that that can be a time that you can close your eyes or answer emails or do whatever. People really just surrounded me with such love. And because of that, I was able to, at the end of it, decided to tell my story in hopes of helping somebody else. And, and there's a woman, I, I don't think she would mind because I think she's posted it on my Facebook page. Her name is Betsy Fagan. She said, thank you, thank you, because I said, please, 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 make sure you get your mammograms, all of this. Because of my story, she went, she got her mammogram, she discovered that she had cancer, she was treated, and now she is cancer-free. And in fact, right when the pandemic began, she and I, in April, were supposed to, last April, we were supposed to have lunch and celebrate our, our cancer journeys together. So... Wow. So I was able to help somebody. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. And, and the story that you told about your sister and the, and the, and the three photos, they, uh, mm. they, they tell a significant story. You know, it's fascinating because I think in our community, in our culture, mm. uh, we celebrate that athlete that practices every day. We celebrate the doctor that practices his medicine. We celebrate the female attorney that runs the huge law firm and has many responsibilities. Talk about the practice of our faith, please, because somebody who is a running back in the NFL hits the gym fairly often. Talk about the practice of prayer, the practice of our faith, so that we grow in that dynamic. I think that we need to be, as I said earlier, in constant prayer, in constant, constant sort of discussion, listening, talking. It's not, I mean, my gosh, it's not just a Sunday event. No. You know, in all of my Christian music that I listen to on Caleb, you know, what if the church on Sunday was the church on Monday? What if we walked into our workplaces on Monday the same way we walk out of church on Sunday thinking, please, God, radiate your love through me, right? Let me extend. Let me be your hands and feet. All of that. We, and to stay in touch with that, we, I think that we really need to always be talking to yeah. God, always be if, if, your, if your meditation or your prayer life in the morning or in the evening starts to get a little stale and somehow it's just you're not getting it, it's okay. You know, we don't, we don't all live on high, you know, high mountains, right? There are plateaus. There are low times. And I'm, I'm always looking for something new to read so that I can continue to grow and to expand. And so I thank you for this book that you brought me from Matthew Kelly, <laughs> I, one of my favorite authors. Yeah. 
because I just think that's the way to do it. You're, I'm hoping, <laughs> honestly, and I always say this, I'm hoping that when I get to heaven, God says, oh, I know, you fell down a lot. Amen. But you got up a lot too. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to spoil the book for you, but uh, I will tell you that uh, the, 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 the dynamics that I took from that particular book, it, it, you know, it talked about, it talked about uh, the value of prayer, the concept of studying our faith, you know, mm -hmm. in that journey, yes. the concept of being uh, generous and sharing our stories. Mm -hmm. So I just want to tell you um, this afternoon, as we celebrate a wonderful Easter holiday, mm. I am very grateful for you telling our listening audience your story. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like he does. As we go to a commercial break, we'll ask Tracy Davidson to stay with us, Jimmy Brown, for our final three minutes when we come back uh, towards the top of the hour and we close the show. Now, enjoy more of the Easter Anthem. Portions of our 2021 Message of Hope on Voices of Faith are being presented by Mike Cleary of TAC Benefits, Linda Rosanio on behalf of Philly Food Rescue, Mike Troy of KTB Benefits, and Dr. Jerry Cleary of True North Pediatrics. Now, an inspirational message from Dan Selecki of Givnish Funeral Homes. Wouldn't it be wonderful to live a truly authentic life, to have the respect of your family and co-workers, to be well-liked, trusted by all, make your workplace and home a better place, and even leave your imprint on the world when you are no longer here? Lucky for us, becoming truly authentic, although difficult, is possible. Here are some ways people demonstrate their true authenticity that may help you in your journey. The truly authentic know who they are, go much deeper than their life story, what they have experienced, or the issues they face. They embrace their true self and their ethical values, along with their weaknesses, and use their strengths to their advantage without worrying about what others think. They understand that their actions can affect others and manage their own range of emotions so they may remain constructive and not destructive. They learn from and work through setbacks. They are able to genuinely show others they care and they continue to flourish during their journey. The authentic know how to manage fear by first acknowledging it and its causes. 
and actually talk about their fears openly and honestly. They possess the courage to act ethically and transparently as they continue to push through fear to achieve their goals. They genuinely express themselves and aren't afraid to tell it like it is, to share their true self with others, and this creates a wonderful atmosphere for all. How they positively interact with others mirrors how they lead their own private lives. They keep it real, not fake. They speak from their heart with passion, have a committed point of view, and are open and willing to articulate their ideas without any game playing or hidden agendas. The truly authentic do not strive for perfection, they seek excellence. These special people tend to go above and beyond the call of duty, raising the bar as they go. They have an innate understanding of the difference between going for excellence and the unreasonable goal of seeking perfection. They love and accept themselves and others. They understand that no other person, their work, or any number of material possessions will fill the void of love and acceptance. They always ask for opinions to gain clarity on all potential outcomes of a particular decision. They acknowledge, and this is transparency at its best, that they may have some prejudice or tendencies to look at things a certain way and therefore seek input from others with varying views to achieve the best outcomes for all. Last and most important, truly authentic people leave a legacy of inspiration, innovation, and unyielding love and respect for the next generation. What mark will you leave? The following quote from Steve Jobs sums it up best. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart, faith, and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. So imagine for a minute if we are able to take the focus away from more money, more power, and inflating our ego, and instead turn our focus to finding our true self. What do we believe in? To pursue our dreams in a selfless and faith-based, truly authentic way. Today, I leave you with this thought. No candle loses its light while lighting another candle. Never stop sharing, caring for, and serving others. Be authentic in your faith, because it certainly makes life more meaningful. As always, stay safe, my friends, and may God bless you all. And great stuff, great words. Again, as always, from Dan Selecki with our inspirational message. We transition now into Jimmy Brown's sit-down with Archbishop Perez. Hey, good morning, Archbishop. It's so great to be with you uh, again here and celebrating our not only our Easter season, but Easter. Wow. We're finally here. It's arrived. It is, yeah. Once again, right? Yeah, and it's funny because there's so many reflections that I've kind of um, walked through during my, my, my Lenten season, and there's one particular that I'm enjoying uh, written by uh, Pope Francis, and, and he talks about the concept that really Easter never ends and what Jesus did in terms of his death and resurrection can never be undone. Can you speak to our listeners around that concept for a moment? Well, it is the what does it mean to be a Christian? This is it, right? This is it. 
uh, everything else is icing on the cake. Amen. Right? What is at the core of being the, a Christian is the Paschal mystery. Yeah. That Christ died and Christ rose. And, and, uh, and though lots of things sometimes gets uh, attached to being a Christian, right? Yeah. And, 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 and you could ask the question, so what does it mean to be a Christian? And people always to mean to be loving and generous and kind and merciful and all and all those great words, yeah, good yeah. words in our language, right? That that we all love and know and and all those things are true. Uh, but you don't really have to be a Christian to be loving and kind and generous and merciful and forgiving. In fact, there might be other people who do it better than we do. Amen. Right? Yes. However, what lies at the center of being a Christian is that we believe that a dead man came back to life. And if that isn't hope, then what is hope? Yeah. Right? That is hope. And that is what we celebrate, not only Easter, but every time we gather to celebrate Mass and to celebrate the Eucharist, we are celebrating the central mystery upon which everything was built. Right? The initial proclamation of Christianity was very simple. Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. That was the kerygma upon which Christianity was built. So we are about to celebrate, we celebrate in Easter, the foundational event. Yes. And nothing takes the place of the foundational event of Christianity is the Paschal mystery. And and and, And what's inspiring for me personally around this work, this concept, this conversation, you know, just seeing... Um, what the apostles did after the resurrection, meaning, you know, they all martyred. I mean, I know. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. And St. John didn't. But 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 think about that. You know, why would someone go to their death unless they saw something that was. It was them and everybody that followed, especially during the first 300 years of Christianity. People, martyrs, you know, um, great heroic men and women preferred to give up their life rather than deny the truth of the resurrection. You know, and that's interesting. You know, how many things are, are we all willing to die for? Right. Literally. Yeah. yeah. Literally. We all say, I, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm dying for this and dying for that. You know, we, I mean, I mean, really, right. Is there anything that we are actually willing to die for? Put it on the table on the table right yeah put it on the table you and i spoke about this months ago um it was just a short reference but one of the things that really struck me about the the conflict in world war ii there were a number of catholic priests in france notable stories where they stood up to the germans and in fact said no no i'm not going to deny that jesus christ uh, died and came back so Mm -hmm. you know can you talk a little bit about the difference between um knowing and believing and the power of believing Mm -hmm. like to me that's that's powerful like i I know the light's going to turn on when i hit the switch uh, Mm -hmm. um, but but i I don't understand it i just believe it's going to happen and there's got to be a moment in your life where it was like jimmy i i recognized that Mm -hmm. i was a faith-filled man Mm -hmm. who understood the power of jesus can you talk about that well it's the fruit of encounter right that's a favorite word of pope francis that yeah, yes, we know lots of things. Whether uh, So we could know a lot of things. That doesn't mean that we live our life and embrace and live values based upon what we know. Mm-hmm. 
right? We right. know a lot of things, you know. Uh, I heard a preacher once talk about, like, we could know the 23rd Psalm, right? Yeah. But we might not know the shepherd. Yeah. Wow. Right? And there's a difference. Subtle, but There's but a difference, yeah. right, between knowing the 20, anybody could know the Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. It's such a famous psalm. Yeah. I might know the psalm, but have never met the shepherd. Once you meet the shepherd, though, then it almost doesn't matter if you know the psalm or not. Yeah. Because then you live, you live the spirit of the shepherd, you know, and the love of the shepherd. Whether you know the psalm or not, it's just an expression of what you really kind of know. And it's funny, too, in our short conversations each month, I mentioned to Joe, Joe Krause, who is the, the brains behind the outfit, it's stunning to me how often I'll get a feedback uh, after we air our show on the weekend. Like Monday, I get emails and phone calls talking about the power, the impact that you've had on various communities in our faith, you know, the different churches, whether they be in South Philadelphia or South Jersey or Northeast Philadelphia. And I just want to, on behalf of the listening audience um, today, Thank you. No, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, are you getting kind of feedback around the show at all? People write to me and people tell me they heard me. Oh, yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's funny. Sometimes I wonder when we talk about um, Jesus being real and alive in our lives, if you even understand the authority that you bring to a various to various conversations. I know you've inspired me in these, in these, uh, in these meetings through the course of mm -hmm. our year together. It's been a real blessing personally mm -hmm. and uh, I yeah, want... frankly I really don't I just do what I do yeah yeah which is kind of uh, mm -hmm. interesting about you because mm -hmm. I think um, oftentimes people who um, hold leadership positions maybe get carried away with mm -hmm. their title mm -hmm. and forget about the work oh no I got to face myself in the mirror every morning that, that goes away real quick yeah right exactly <laughs> and you have family that will I'm but sure friends you... that keep you right grounded yeah exactly um listen um, one final note in, in terms of our Easter season and, and celebrating it. Um, can you talk to our listening audience about the concept of not letting Easter come and go? We mm -hmm. did this great work in Lent, and um, my, my hope is, personally, that my work gets extended through the course of the next 5, 10, oh, 20 years. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about Well, the reality is Easter is a celebration of a, of a, of a, of a powerful truth that we're called to live every day. Right. Right. It's not it really. Easter's not a day. Yeah. You know, it, it's a life. It's a life. It's yeah. a life. It's not a day. It's a life, you know, and and every day we we encounter the effects of Easter. Yes. And and we will all encounter the powerful gift of Easter when we're called to leave this planet. It, we will encounter it. Yes. Yeah. Right? There is no doubt. There, there is. is no doubt. We will face East the our ultimate Easter. God bless. Thank you again for the wisdom you share every month. Um, can't wait for uh, for the, the, the big celebration next month when we're together. Great. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. And another great job, Jimmy Brown, sitting down with uh, Archbishop Nelson Perez. And on this very, very special uh, weekend, uh, really strong and powerful words about what Archbishop Perez says every month on this show. Well, it's isn't interesting, Joe, that he talks about the concept of um, of faith and hope. Uh, you know, that is his his rock solid message. And and we're wrapping up here this afternoon with with Tracy. And wow, what I heard Tracy loud and clear was hope is at the center of your journey. So, you know, 
any final thoughts for our listening audience? Because I think you nailed it today. Well, I hope that people listening today are, are feeling the rebirth, are feeling, are feeling hopeful, a new, a new lease on life, if you will. And if you're not, that's okay. But there is, there is something coming for you, and, and you have to look for it. Again, I think that we sometimes just do a lot of talking, and we don't listen as much as we could. But there are blessings in your life, and there, whatever's happening to you right now, I promise you, I promise you, it will get better. You need to view the world through those lenses and know it'll get better. Wow. Think, uh, and speaking of getting better, um, you know, as we just uh, close out, this is pretty much our one-year anniversary, Tracy. You should mm, know that. Congratulations. And thank you. It's been, a, it's been quite a journey, and we needed some grit along the way. And as you had mentioned earlier, you know, there's so many people that have circled the wagons to support us. I don't want to name names, but they know who they are. Um, you know, this, um, this Easter is especially powerful, not only for the one-year anniversary, but for us to be able to turn the page on the, on the COVID nonsense mm -hmm. and move forward as a community. Um, any final reflections on the, the COVID piece and how we're well, hopeful? Well, I think that, you know, there are, again, because of the way I see the world, I think there are silver linings that we can take with us into the next. We're not going back to normal. We're going to our new normal. And our new normal allows us to appreciate being able to hug one another, allows us to appreciate people who are meaningful in our lives. And so when we walk by them in the, in the hallway, we don't say, hey, how are you? And keep going. We stop and say, what's happening in your life? Right? I mean, we, we learn how to be really present with people because we have learned that that is something that we need desperately to be connected to one another. And so that's what we take with us into this new normal. And the fascinating thing about that summation that you just provided, that's what our that, that's what my message from Jesus was all about. Be present wherever you are. Be with who you are. That's going to do it for this edition of Voices of Faith. Special thanks to our special guest, uh, Tracy Davidson, and, of course, Dan Selecki. And as we go to, uh, or as we end the show, rather, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, uh, enjoy more uh, of the Easter anthem. On behalf of Jimmy Brown, on behalf of Tracy Davidson, I'm Joe Krause. Believe in hope, everyone. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Voices of Faith in collaboration with the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley and the Archbishop of Philadelphia. We salute the Philadelphia Boys Choir and say thank you to you, our listening audience. A Jacob Media, J.P. Brown Communications production. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.